I do want y'all to remember uh, Ben and Christy and the kids as they're uh, Ben's on sabbatical and they're spending some time on vacation and um, time of refreshing uh, and uh, really throughout this period I hope each week we'll call your attention to it just make it a matter of prayer uh, it's a time that uh, uh, Ben is excited about having some time to do some reading and do some studying and so uh, just keep that in mind also another thing I wanted to bring your attention to uh, maybe I can say it this way the quiver at Cross Point is getting full. We actually had three new additions uh, last week. Uh, I'm going to try to get these names. If mom or dad's in here and I get it wrong, you yell it out right, okay? Josephine Olivia Pfeiffer, Oliver Dean Hicks, Remy Smith Heron. Is that right? Did I get them right? Does anybody know? Those are the three families we want to uh, be in prayer for as well. Uh, what a responsibility and what a, a neat thing uh, for our body. Uh, as part of our family, they're our kids too. So I uh, want you to remember them, be praying for them. Uh, in fact, uh, before we begin this morning, let's have a, a time of prayer. Father, we thank you this morning um, for how you've blessed us. Um, Father, in the things we see. Uh, as in these children, these beautiful babies, and uh, additions to our families and uh, to this body. And uh, Father, we can rejoice in that. But even more, Father, the things that are unseen and the things that are spiritual that you've blessed us with in Christ and what we have in heaven uh, because of that. Uh, Father, I pray uh, we would rejoice today in knowing you and being known uh, by you. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, you would guard. Uh, my words uh, today as we as we uh, delve into your word, uh, Father, that your word would do its work uh, in us, grow us, instruct us, uh, help us to know you better, that we can honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Last week we began a, uh, a study in Ephesians. Um, a really... Um, foundational study uh, in the first chapter of Ephesians and really throughout Ephesians we see the purpose and the plan of God and um, last week we kind of focused uh, on the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ and let's read through um, at least the Uh, verses through verse 10 this morning. And we'll go back and, and uh, take a look at verse 4. Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will 
according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Last week, the first part of, uh, of verse 4, we, we, we took a look at how these spiritual blessings that are in Christ were bestowed or given to us. And I, I know um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new teaching to some of you. It's a hard teaching for many of you. Uh, the first part of this verse where it says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Uh, to understand that that's something given to us by God in and through Christ before the foundation of the world. We have this view uh, a lot of times of this, this epic struggle of good and evil. And we've got this problem and God comes to the rescue. But we don't see God's plan in it. You know, it's so what we'll call man-centered. And we spend so much time there and that's so much our perspective and I pray that this week, I, I, I pray that you, you at least took a look at the substance of the shepherd guide and, and, and went back and visited Revelation and this message to the church at Ephesus. You know, these things they were doing, they were testing things, they were doing these, so, so many things so good, but they forgot in their first love. And that's so easy for us to do because we want to take up, we want to take up our holiness. We want to take up the things that make us worthy of what God has done. And what we need to do is cling to the truth of his word. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God to us. His purpose not our purpose why why did he choose us in him what are the blessings that unfold, unfold out of that let's go to the word verse 4 even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him next blessing Next spiritual blessing. Not that, just, that we can just be before God. Understanding that God is our judge. Right? We're not just going to be able to stand before him. But we can stand before him holy and blameless. The word holy here in the Greek is hagios. And that doesn't just talk about being consecrated or set apart. Not that God just called you out to be His. But this word actually translates the most holy thing. It's very sacred. Very special. You're not just called out. You're created in Christ with a purpose. It's sacred. It's very intimate. One of the root words here talks about warmth, tenderness, love. That's where this holiness comes from. And it's God's purpose. It's not something we're striving to attain. It's something that's given to His creation. Those who are created in Christ Jesus 
before the foundation of the world. Blameless. The word there speaks to being without blemish. We can be before God without any blemish. Why is that? How is that? The danger in going down a road that adds anything to Christ is right here. Anything added to, anything taken away from Christ is what? In reality, it's the law. Is it not? And if you're going to live under the law, what? You have to live under the law. But for us to be blameless before God requires that we are in Christ. Who is the one without blemish? Who is the perfect, perfect sacrifice? So in this verse, when it talks about being holy and blameless, two things. There's this holiness, this sacredness, this purpose that's in us in the creation of God. And there's this blamelessness that's associated with what? Christ. And you have this view of Christ as what? The sacrifice. The perfect sacrifice. And what do we know about sacrifices? There was a, there was a sacrifice that was attached to the law. And how was it to be offered? You may want to write these verses down. You don't have to track back because we're going to bounce around a little bit. But you may want to write these down. Leviticus 3.1 says, If his offering is a sacrifice of peace offering, if he offers an animal from the herd, male or female, he shall offer it without blemish before the Lord. This is talking about the sacrifices that were associated with the law. That sacrifice was to be without blemish. Why? Why did it need to be perfect? Just because that's what God decided there? God's purpose and plan for the sacrifice was to point to what? To point to Christ. When you offer a sacrifice, this is Leviticus 19.5, when you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. The sacrifice was to be accepted. It was to be without blemish. To be accepted before God. Leviticus twenty two twenty one. And when anyone offers a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering from the herd or from the flock to be accepted, it must be perfect. There should be no blemish in it. Why? It points to Christ. Deuteronomy fifteen twenty one. But if it has any blemish, if it is lame or blind or has any serious blemish whatsoever, you shall not sacrifice it to the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 17.1 You shall not sacrifice to the Lord your God an ox or a sheep in which is a blemish, any defect, whatever for that is an abomination to the Lord. What was the sacrifice for the people of Israel? A reminder of sin. They had the law, which pointed out their offense to God. And this sacrifice associated with that 
was to remind them of their sin. And it was to point to Christ. God has a purpose and a plan. God didn't send the law to take care of man's problem. Whoop, man messed up. I've got to do this thing to help him out. There's something very foundational here that we have to understand that God is sovereign, He has a purpose, He has a will, and a good pleasure. And we're going to read about it in these verses. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. While the sacrifice was to be a reminder of sin, did God desire that? Hosea 6.6 6. Jot that verse down. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Yes, they're a tutor. They're a reminder. But they're to point to Christ. What God desires of us is obedience. What God desires is that we know Him. That we grow in Him. And He has a purpose and a plan in doing that. 1 Samuel 15, 22. And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. So what was sacrifice about? We did a study, which y'all can remember back, Romans 10. Study on righteousness, the righteousness of man. It's all over the Old Testament. The law, the sacrifices. Man, in his attempt to be righteous before God. What's God's design? What's God's plan? His plan is that Christ would be his righteousness. Christ is the righteousness of God. The sacrifice without blemish, without spot, is who? It's Christ and Christ alone. So you understand that if someone brought a sacrifice and there was some blemish to it, it profaned the purpose of God. It wasn't just a lie in that it didn't meet what it was supposed to be. That wasn't what it was all about, just meeting the law. It was to point to Christ. It is to reveal, to display who Christ is. You know, we look at that and we read it so often and we say, how ridiculous. This is God they're dealing with. And they can take this sacrifice, this thing they offer God, to be right with Him. It's not perfect. It has these blemishes. How in the world can they do that? As soon as that comes off our lips, don't we think of ourselves? What do we offer? If it's just a little bit more than Christ... 
It's blemished. It's a little bit less than Christ. It's blemished. What do we offer to God for our righteousness? Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. It's not talking about man. It's not talking about appearing righteous before those around us. This is before God. Romans 10.1. Let's just jump back there for a minute. You can turn if you'd like. Romans 10, 1 through 4. Brother, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. That's Paul talking about the Jews. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. What is our peace offering? What is our peace offering before God? What do we offer up? It's kind of old, tired saying, but is it our church attendance? Is it carving out a little time on a Sunday, maybe a Wednesday? It can become that. Just as that ritual of the law, the sacrifice, this is our sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice a little bit of my time. Is it that I'm going to do good things? Is it I'm going to be humble? Is it I'm going to obey this word? Every iota of it. Is there a blemish in what I just said? What is our peace offering to God? What do we offer up? How are we at peace with Him? How can we enter into His presence? How can we stand before Him and be holy and blameless? I know when I say it like that, you're sitting out there and you say, Duh! Right? It's a big duh. Jesus. I wish we didn't just say it. Because we take that thing up all the time, every week, every day. The peace offering is going to be, oh, I'm going I'm to get it all right this time. 
You know, there's something very foundational here that if we don't get it, everything else is going to be flawed. There's going to be a blemish. You're standing before God. Being able to stand before God. Your peace offering. Yes, it is in Christ. How do you get it? Why do we keep going back over that? Because we want a piece of it. That's why. We want it to be about us. You know, we studied hard enough. We understood it. We figured it out. Blemish. It's not a gift unless I receive the gift. Blemish. I have to voice a prayer and I have to say it with my mouth to make it true. Side note on confession. Confession is confessing the truth. You see in the Word of God, people lay claim to Christ all the time. When we talked about Peter and Judas, weren't some of you shaken up just a little bit? You can make a claim. What's the truth? What's the truth? If you think I'm going to stand up here and offer you Steve's version of that, I'm going to offer you verse 4. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. God has a purpose and plan. He's working it out in us. Who are we to be? Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him we have also obtained access by faith into His grace in which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Are you rejoicing in your hope? Are you trying to wrestle this thing back from God? Does it really have to be about you? That's the danger. I pray that this week when you're looking at what God has given you in Christ, there was rejoicing. Instead of saying, oh, wow, that means God, uh, you know, and where you land is God is creator. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been Given to us. Who does salvation belong to? How do we stand before God? Righteous. Holy and blameless. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Don't jump there. Just jot it down. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, 
who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Did you hear what I just read? For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, our problem is we're suffering from an identity crisis. And we want to be in control of this thing. We want to say when we are Christians and when we're not. You boil it down, that's what it means. As if we're trying to convince God we're sincere. Claim to be in Christ. Walk with Christ. If Peter was counting on that, when he denied Christ three times, what? It's over. It's done. In, out, in. Where am I? Oh my goodness, i got to get saved again. Oh my goodness, i got to do this again. It's a struggle. If it's built on something you do, built on your works, built on your desire, your effort, your will, blemish. So that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. Who are we to be? We been given the ministry of reconciliation? How in the world would we do that? How do we reconcile anybody? What are we called to do? We're called to share the gospel. What's the gospel you're sharing? What is the gospel? What's the true gospel? Is it Christ and Christ alone? Remember, if we add anything or take anything away from Christ, it's a blemish. What is our sacrifice supposed to look like? What does it mean in Romans 12, 1 when it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do you worship God because of Christ? Do you worship God because of what you think about Him?
I so want to be able to share these things and see a shift. Same shift I have as I'm reading through these things, and it seems so, so heavy, so big, but it's so true. You know, and I'm not struggling and contending anymore. I'm not striving. I can submit. I can submit to the Word of God. I can trust Him. I can treat this as truth, not try to dance around it. Verse 5. If you do any study on verses 4 and 5, the in love, that seems to be tacked on the end of the 4, but also added in 5. Some people believe it goes with one, one with the other. Fits both places. Okay? It's not a struggle that God's motivation is love. In fact, God is love. And sometimes we kind of overlook that. Sometimes we kind of put our spin again on love. If you have any thoughts of what love is, this will define love for you. What I'm sharing with you this morning is love. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Do you see the intimacy? It's not just the creator creating... This object for his purpose. Not just this tool that I'm going to use to carry forth my word, to display who I am. We're not just this object in the hand of God, he's predetermined, he's foreordained that we will be in Christ. And that we will be adopted as sons. John 1.11 says, He came to His own, and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In love, He predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. Why? 
for his praise. That we would praise his glorious grace. Man, y'all look serious. I want to ask every one of you right now, pull your head up. Pull your head up out of the word and hear what I said. Okay? We're not just studying. We're not just going to go through all these little words and break them all down in the Greek. You need to hear. You have been given for the purpose of His will. If you sit here this morning, what do you do with Christ? Are you saying Christ is the Son of God? He's my Savior. He died for me. Understand, He died for the purpose and by the will of God to satisfy God. It should satisfy us. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. We're going to study later. Hopefully we're going to get there in the next two weeks. If not, you'll have to wait till the next time we get Ephesians. We're going to study about the inheritance. Sons, children of God, it's a relationship. And with it are these other blessings. Galatians 4.4. 4. I just read the first part of it. I'm going to finish it now. And I want this to be a verse that you spend some time on this week. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. You've been given the Spirit. You turn to God. You're my Father. Not just the Creator. He is the Creator. You remember Paul's question to the Ephesians when he showed up in town? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Hopefully we're going to get to that verse too. The seal. The Spirit of God that reveals who He is. Reveals to us who we are. The one who teaches. I pray that I've been faithful today to share the truth of God's Word.
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Let's pray. Father, we praise you this morning as creator. The one who has created us. And who in Christ has given us spiritual blessings we can't even fathom. Father, I pray that the truth of your word would reign in us. We would submit to your word. Father, our response would not be to, to grab back the offering. Father, we would be satisfied in Christ. That He is our peace offering. He is the perfect offering without blemish. Father, salvation belongs to You. And You give it to us in Christ. Father, for this body, I pray their strength this week would be joy in you. That the finished work of Christ would be clear and true in their walk. Father, you're worthy of our praise. Grow us, Father. Help us. Show us how to submit to your word. Give us opportunity this week to put Christ on display. To the praise of your glorious grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.